Today we're DJing our first process party, client intake. We're spinning down how we each create a consistent client experience from an initial inquiry to scheduling an in-person consultation. Nothing is off limits from intake form questions to automation steps to integrating our calendars. We even share our experiences generating revenue from standalone consultations and debate displaying our rates on our websites. We're launching a new segment, Too Lit to Quit, where we share the things we just can't quit in our personal lives and in our business. Let's go. Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers, turned internet friends, turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hi, Sean. Hey, Rebecca. Let's bring this meeting to order. We're back. We had a little special guest break, but now it's just the Sean and Rebecca show today. Totally. I love bringing guests into the show for some new perspectives, different ideas, but I also like it when it's just us too. I know. They do make us sound smarter, but... We're smart. We're smart, so they make us sound smarter. But yes, I'm excited to just banter and maybe argue with you a little bit here today. I mean, we're going to see. It's. I hope it's not that controversial of an episode. Well, it already has been. <laughs> it has taken <laughs> us a debate. hot minute to get to this place where we felt like we could co- coherently bring an idea in a way that made sense, but also allowed us both some space to to like flesh out ideas. And that's okay. That's part of like the creative process. It's called collaboration. Yes, so we'll talk about this in detail, but we are going to be kicking off our process series. Yes, Sean and I have been having a little bit of an internal debate about this topic. And literally last night, I kind of realized why I was holding back on it. And we came up with a really great solution and format that's going to be a win-win win for the audience as well all the listeners get to hear the like the fruits of the labor of bringing together the process party the process parties in the house (laughs) we love okay we love process we like talking about it a lot but it's a lot so we'll be breaking it down but we'll get into that in a little bit in a minute what are we going to do right now? We are starting uh, introducing a new segment on the show, Too Lit to Quit. Because <laughs> we're like a grandma and grandpa that think it's still cool to say lit and it's, throwing it back to the hammer. <laughs> yes, it is exactly what we need right now. And um, we are just as cool as like, 2010 when all your parents started joining Facebook because now we're saying lit. (laughs) But this segment (laughs) has this dumb funny name that we think is funny but really it's about 
just a little list of things that we're loving right now and we just can't seem to stop. It's going to be yeah. a mix of items. Yeah, some like highlights that we're experiencing and they don't have to be giant things in our lives, but I mean, look, we got to celebrate something. Sometimes the little things. And also okay, we I want have... all of you to enjoy them. Right, without we're not pushing big sales here. <laughs> but okay, I'm going to start speaking of little things. Okay. It's almost iced coffee season, but I am still loving. Okay, so a couple months ago, I bought a USB plug-in mug warmer. Yes. Actually, it's not USB. It's just straight up electric. Okay. But it stays on my desk and it's weight sensitive. So when you put your mug of coffee on it, it um, keeps it hot. And then if you pick it up, it turns it off. So unless you forget it's on there for days, it's totally safe. And it's cute and simple. And even when your coffee is kind of cold, you can put it on there and it warms it up. So you don't have to be like the mom microwaving your coffee 50 times. It never tastes the same when you reheat it. It just doesn't. It it doesn't. It doesn't come and back right. The double bonus of having this is it's also a perfect candle remelter. So if you have those candles that like they're still wax, but the wick is all jacked, you put it on there, it simmers it perfectly. Oh, okay. You just use off a little bit of it, get that good aroma. You can like get going. all of your candle done. So yeah, I like if there's like a half inch left, like I have some, they're lasting months. It's crazy. But those are, but candles are, can be very expensive and I feel terrible throwing away that bit. Cause I'm like, well, that was a bougie candle and that cost me, exactly. <laughs> like, that cost me money for that. So that'll be cool. I like that idea. I drink warm coffee or hot coffee, even when it's really hot out. It's just, I can't start my day with something cold. So uh, I'll take it as I can get it. I love a iced coffee <laughs> in the fridge that you can just come in and pour. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's a good one. one. Yes. So y'all know that I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned a few times on the show already. <laughs> However, RuPaul is just collecting checks right now because she's been, she has a current season 12 running right now. She just announced that she's having another All-Stars season and I'm here for all of it. I will devour all of the drag race that I can because it's funny, it's light, it's irreverent, it's stupid, it's a big inside joke. If you watch even just one episode, you feel like you're part of it. But her newest series is out right now and it's called Secret Celebrity RuPaul's Drag Race. And Ooh. they're bringing on celebrities who in the first segment of the show, you don't see who they are and they change their voices. So you don't know who's going to be a guest and it's three guests. Some are men, some are women. There are the whole range of, of gender identities on the show. And so you don't know who you're, who's going to be there and they get assigned a previous contestant on the show to be like their drag mother and to make them over and some of the transformations are ridiculous. Like the makeup, the hair, the, the costumes, the gowns, everything. And they have to participate in challenges on the show like the contestants normally would. Like catwalks and stuff? 
yeah, so they have to do the runway walks. They have to do like mini challenges. They've had, there's somewhere they have to do comedy or skits or dancing. And it's hilarious like to watch. Like what kind of celebrity are we talking? Um, well, I don't want to give them away because they're oh. secrets, but they have comedians, um, TV personalities. These are not, some of them, some of them are, are like going to be really. like Bachelor contestant celebrities. So. No, 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 no. Ew. Um, not, no, no shade <laughs> to all of you who like Bachelor, but like, these are people who've been in TV, in film, prominent names that you're going to recognize and comedians that are hilarious to watch some of them go through it. It's a really lighthearted show. And I like it because it's just the three contestants and it's each episode is three new contestants. So okay. every episode you can start is, fresh. yeah, you don't have to feel like you're getting in too deep. And if you feel like you don't, after they reveal them in the first segment, if you're like, eh. but honestly, I, I thought, I thought that on the first episode, I was like, uh, maybe I'm not going to like who they bring on. Like, it's going to be like, my life on the Z list level. And no, it was, it was funny. So, and even if you don't know them, it doesn't matter. Cause it's still funny to watch people fumble around having well, to they're kinda like walk fish in out heels. Of water. Exactly. Like they're not like trying to win this or they weren't trying. Yeah. To they're win. not like, they're not seeking out becoming drag right. queens. It's, it's actually very humorous. And sometimes you have like your, two Wong Fu moments where you look at like Wesley Snipes or or like John Leguizamo and you're like that's a that's a man in a dress and some of <laughs> some of the contestants you're like no one is buying what they're selling like there's no way I am given this fantasy that they are now a woman when they're in drag so it's very funny actually so that's one of my that's definitely one of my too lit to quit type of shows right now Okay, all all to give it a run. I have like two types of shows, like one type of show that I will I watch on the couch on the TV, and then another that I watch on my iPad while I'm working till three in the morning. Okay, so I'll try it on the iPad, and then it's short. You could definitely devour one quickly. Speaking of TV, okay, I have been going on and on about this on my Instagram. But normal people on Hulu, Sean hasn't seen it yet. I haven't. But it like literally, I don't binge watch shows really. Like I fall asleep on the couch if I'm watching them. So this is a sofa rated show. And like you need I, to pay full attention to it. You'll want like you'll be so like swept away. Okay. It's based in Ireland, which I love Ireland. I love the Irish accent and all of it. And it's like emotional. It's sexy. The guy's super cute. Although you don't think he's going to be cute when you first see him, but then like you totally will fall in love. Okay. Connell Walton is everything. So. Okay. Is this like rom-com drama what are, like yeah. what level of emotional investment am i in on this not comedy um deep level of emotion it's okay. like a teen love story that like goes it reminds me kind of of um like call me by your name okay so like kind of a little bit of they can't ever kind of get it right, but they're very emotionally invested and you're, you are and you. So if I feel a little sad and mopey already 
and I don't want to wallow it in it. Don't turn this on. The first half isn't good. that sad in Moby. <laughs> okay. The second half. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with it. Okay. It's kind of an epic love story. That's on Hulu, isn't it? Hulu. It's based on a book um, by okay. Sally Rooney. That was good, but I didn't love the book, I, but I love the show. Okay. But people love the book, so you should read the book too. I mean, maybe. I, I have like six <laughs> six books I told myself I was going to read during shelter in place or safer at home or quarantine or whatever we're calling it nowadays. Quarantine so, and chill. Yeah, quarantine and chill. I just, I got to get through something, I guess, but whatever. Um, I like that idea. Um, I still watch a fair amount of TV, but I'm also spending a lot of time outside in our garden because the nights have been pretty cool and it's nice to just sit out there as the sun is going down and it's not like cooking us anymore um or have a have a drink before we make dinner and I just bought these things I've look look, I I don't know what to do about mosquitoes but I feel like I'm really angry (laughs) I get pissed off that they ruin how much time I spend outside it's true so I bought on Amazon I bought these um mosquito repellent incense that you can burn and so I can stick them like in the pots around my yard or even like we have pea gravel I can put put them in there around wherever we're sitting and I can put a couple of them around us and so far I feel like they're working I know it's not like I'm not giving you guys a scientific study here or anything I mean I'm not counting how many mosquitoes are flying away but I I am able to figure out that I'm not being bit as frequently as I would have been um when I'm outside because it's so annoying to have it be getting hotter and then to be sitting outside covered with like a blanket, pants, socks, covering all of your like bare skin. Cause you want to like through pants. Like what? That's not possible. Oh my God. It's totally possible. That's not a mosquito then. That's gotta be, that's, that's something else. Some of our mosquitoes (laughs) are so crazy. Like you like feel them like dive on you. That is a murder hornet. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, no way they're getting through clothing. No, I don't think for they're... sure they get through clothes. They have like Maybe a long like... proboscis. I hate that word. <laughs> I hate that word, and I hate the word moist. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I can't. But proboscis is not. <laughs> blah. Like, no. I love saying it. Um... <laughs> But I think these incense sticks work. Okay, I think I'm, they're I'll helping. sign up for anything. I've tried a lot. We have, have you ever had those tennis rackets? They're like... The electric ones? Yeah. Yes, we have That's one. That's like, you can make sport out of it. So we have a few yes. of those. It's I have those so like battery. when you get a good sizzle. Speak of sizzle. <laughs> sizzle. sizzle. Too lit. That mosquito got too lit to quit uh, because I will zap the heck out of them. But oh, we like yeah. to leave our windows open sometimes or go in and out of the house and flies get in and I have used the electrified fly swatter so don't call PETA on me people it's yeah. it's either them or me any purpose for mosquitoes like I don't get like well they feed bats uh, no I mosquitoes. don't yeah I don't get yeah someone did no. tell I wish... me to get a bat box which I am considering so bats will eat your mosquitoes and if yeah. you get, you can order a bat box I don't know how you put it in a tree but you put it up high and you can invite the bats into your yard. You guys okay. have bats? I don't know if they'd be. You'd be um, a yes, bat-friendly but, ecosystem. But not particularly like 
he I know I've seen them closer to like the wetlands and stuff that are around us. And I imagine that's like an environment that totally feeds bats and right. it's relatively undisturbed by humans. But um every once in a while I've seen them, but we have tons of birds coming out in the evening to eat them too, which is all good by me. So yep. Um get rid okay. of the mosquitoes. Well speaking of being outside, I really like our segue game today. Um we are on it. We had our coffee this morning. I this I'm probably a little bit late on this, but I was looking at the Four Hands new spring line. So good. It's so good. Like I don't want to love them as much as I do, but I do. They have a really beautiful outdoor um line too that that just came out. I was just looking at it. They have like you seen that outdoor sofa that looks like breeze block yes it's super cute (laughs) i need that the chunky and sculptural i need that so if you are if you do have an account you can find it by going into their website and on the bottom they have really great like added value stuff like you have a playlist you can listen to on spotify and they have zoom backgrounds which are kind of funny (laughs) Yeah, the Zoom backwards are a little bit of a throw-off because... The perspective isn't quite right. Yeah, I'm like, where are we sitting in this picture? Like, like where would I be, be if this... you shouldn't be seeing a desk when you're supposed to be at a desk. Correct, yes, yeah. It's But it's funny nonetheless, but they... It's, it's a cute idea. I gotta, I gotta give it to Forehands. They know what they're doing. They know who they're making furniture for. They know... It's me. Like, it's to- all of it. I would... I, I love all of it. So they're a really good vendor yeah we might be able to download it or put the catalog because i think you have to have an account to see it but we'll see what we can do but like it, yeah you may not be able to be logged in but you won't be able to see pricing you won't be able to see There's some of the not details, pricing on the catalogs anyway but yeah yeah that'd be a good one to link because if y'all are, aren't keeping up with it i'm still excited and since we can't be at markets right now i'm gonna live my best life through the online catalogs mm-hmm that's a good one. Um, okay, so I'll do something business related too then. Um, I, and this is good for today's episode too, because I, in the last couple of weeks, have really been focusing on integrating um, Acuity, which I know, Rebecca, you use also, but Acuity, for the listeners who aren't familiar with it, is an online scheduling tool. And it has so many options that you can create in it. And it's helping me save a lot of time because I still am working on other client projects, but I I have been getting more inquiries. People are feeling a little stir crazy in their homes. They want to start talking and planning. And I like having Acuity because it, it lets me create appointment types, create calendar access, limit my availability, and I can encourage... Um, potential clients and clients to just go in and schedule certain appointments based on their availability instead of playing that whole ping pong back and forth of like, when are you free? What about that day? Oh, no, not that day. Oh, my kids are there. That It's like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Just go here, click it, log in, do your appointment thing, and then it goes right to my calendar and it's done. And I like it because you can set it to say like, oh, make me look more busy or... yes. I'm going to um, just... Or only so many calls a week of a certain exactly. type. So that way you're not like 
fielding the same type of call over and over eating into your day. Yeah. Or you only take them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. It's yeah. very um, easy to, I don't know if easy is the right word. It's not difficult. It's a little bit, you gotta get, gotta, you have to kind of get your head around it, but. Yes. Yeah. It took me, I used it. I stopped using it. I came back because I realized it really was doing the right things, but I, I had to invest more energy in setting everything up, getting all my details, but it's got integrated forms, agreements, they can pay through it. Like it's- You can do questionnaires. Like we use it to set up our guest interviews so they can like send us, you know, all the information we need without a lot of back and forth. They can upload it. It's great. It It is working so well that I'm, I'm not there yet, but I am, it's integrated with my Zoom. Um, but it is just about to get integrated with my website. So that way it can work with that too. And that's good because we're talking about some of that in today's process party. Okay. I think we should kick off the process party then get that party started what we're doing is we love hearing about other designers client processes but this was what the debate was about it's a huge topic so I was a little worried it was going to get boring if we kept going back and forth between our giant processes that Sean and I each have so we decided we're going to break it down into different episodes and we're going to talk about them in depth because we like to talk. So we'll be able to speak on how we do things the same, how things we do things, how we do things differently, things we hope to implement at some point. It'll what be we good. might want to change. <laughs> yes, things that maybe it's, aren't working so well. I mean, it takes so long to explain all of the process of working with me as a designer to even a potential client or a client that it has to be broken into digestible steps. And it's like, well, you wouldn't on your first phone call, try to explain everything to a client in the same way that there's no way we can do it with all of you and go through it and do it justice without creating well, and we're a whole do lot more. Even more like how the sausage is made, which we don't share with clients. So it's going to be even longer. Totally. Yeah. So future episode, like this is the process party. This is the first party of it. And we want to talk about, automation and consultations, proposals, sourcing and trade vendors, presentate, like we're going to go like into it, but it's got to be broken down into these like very achievable episodes. That way you all could glean through them, get your notes, kind of pick them apart as you need to. And then you can dive back into certain ones again. Not listen to a three hour episode. Yeah. Or five I mean, hours. I, Let's be real. It's, there's no way it's going to happen. So this is achievable bites is what we're trying to focus on. And today's episode is all about client intake and get that first getting started type of stuff that goes on with clients or potential clients. Yeah. Okay. Where do we start? Oh man. Um, how do a lot of my clients come through my website. Um, I do get inquiries 
and things through Instagram, but most of them are following the process of like going in to the website and contacting me through there. Where are your inquiries coming from? I do get a lot. I think most of mine come from Instagram or even Facebook groups that I'm in. I don't know, but it's actually probably split pretty evenly between Instagram and directly through my contact form. If they come from like a Facebook group or something like that, do you still ask them to go on the website so they can put in yes. that form? Okay, so that's kind of like your funnel and that's so kind of where I, mine is. Yeah, I created some um, templates. So I have some like email scripts that I can just copy and paste that asks them to fill out the form on my website. And I don't know if we want to get into this yet, but my form is actually coming from Dubsado. Okay. Dub, D-U-B-S-A-D-O. It is my CRM, basically. I also write my proposals through that. So Dubsado is going to come a lot. Wait, up tell a the lot. listeners what CRM means in case they don't. Customer relation one. manager. Um, customer mm-hmm. relationship manager. So yep. it helps you uh, manage like leads. It's that whole, my, I use Dubsado as a huge, robust app, but it, um, I use it from first contact until design fee proposal, and then I move out of it, but there's tons of automation you can do through it. Do they do your contract in there? I do my contract through there, yes, and they can sign it there. So it's everything, all the steps to get all the way up to, okay, now we're starting a project together. And they pay me for my design fee retainer in Dubsado, and then oh, I step into other apps. After that? After that. Yeah, okay. so it has a lot of, between Acuity and Dubsado, I use both together. They are kind of linked together. I um, do all of that intake and scheduling. So if I get an organic lead, not for my website. I have a little script I send them, which has a link to my contact form on my website. When that is completed, it triggers a workflow, which means they get an email from me, which includes a PDF kind of overview of my services, which asks them to book a consultation or a phone call through my Acuity, which then goes back to Dubsado and sends them reminders if they don't book. Okay, so your Acuity and your Dubsado are integrated with, you've like paired them. Yes. Okay, and yeah, my Acuity is paired with other apps too. Because my Acuity sends them a Dubsado questionnaire, if they fill that out, then Dubsado gets triggered again. It's kind of this back and forth until they book a consultation, then Acuity goes off. Yeah. But for the client, it doesn't feel like back and forth because that's all behind the scenes. They just see it all as this one unified front. And mine, mine has a little bit more back and forth because I haven't set up that level of automation. So my website contact form asks things like name and address or name, email, phone number, square footage, construction. and, And I just kind of give general fields where they can tell me about 
design project, like what's in what's in mind, their style, goals, time frame, and like some budget numbers. And I know it's just starting somewhere, but realistically, if someone says they want to remodel an entire like you know two thousand square foot house for forty grand, I I already know that that's part of the initial contact with them is like okay we're gonna have to level set because they're maybe they just don't know what to write but I'd like to get something up front and then when they submit that I then ask them through via acuity there's an automated email that asks them to get on my schedule and they can go in and schedule a free phone chat which is essentially my discovery call um in you know, I feel like I'm going to conduct a discovery call anyway. Some of them are 15 to 20 minutes. Some of them are up to 30. I'm I'm going to do it anyway, even if the project doesn't quite sound right. I know there are other designers who pre-screen a lot and say, you know, this right now we're not taking on new products. They try to find a polite way to say it. Even if the project's not right for them, they might not say it's not right. They might say we're not taking on new clients right now. I will still pick up the phone and tell someone something like that if they put in the questionnaire. I mean. Yeah, and you never know. Like they're also a potential referral source, even if they're not for them. They could be for their friend who's doing a full renovation. Yeah, or they really truly, I've had a lot of them. Where they like, they're like 15, 20 minutes. They're like, oh, we took the time. It was really polite and we just weren't in the right place for it. Like we really weren't ready to spend that type of money we need to save more before we're ready for this project. It's like, well, that, I mean, look, I'm in a place where I can still afford to invest that time. If you're at another level where 15, 20, 30 minutes still sounds like too much time, then that's kind of where you could also set some, some triggers in the fields where if those projects don't meet a certain budget point that, you can create responses to that. I mean, it's okay to set those limits. I know other there are other large designers who have limits of, it's gotta be at least at this much for construction and this much for furnishings for me to do it right now. And that's okay. Yeah, and another part of it is my strategy is to sell, well, part of my design strategy is to sell one-off consultations. So before the pandemic, the great pandemic ruined all of our lives, I was doing a couple of week probably where they're just people who can't afford a full service designer, but they still need help or they're about to DIY some stuff. So I call them DIY consultations where I would go into their house, they pay me for two hours and I give them all of my ideas. I think it's super fun. I enjoy doing them. They're people that I know or they're friends of friends or like people in the community that I think it's really helpful to be involved with. Um, and yeah, I can give them perspective and ideas that, I mean, most commonly I hear, I never would have thought of that. People just get stale looking at their own house. Right. Or they get so, obsessed with something they see somewhere else and they stop, they, they keep thinking about how to force that, dream kitchen or living room arrangement into their house and they they stop seeing all the other possibilities right I mean a lot of it's budget related where people just have little kids and they're just not doing major renovations or whatever so 
I've done it where I've like helped them move stuff around. I'm like, oh, you should just put the sofa over here instead. And it like changes and opens up everything for them. Are you helping them move furniture? Just curious. I kind of will. Not anything major, but just like. Yeah, like I'm not going to break my back, but if I'm like, look, this table would be, this little table would be better over there. Or your entry table belongs here and not there. Yeah, sometimes they want to roll their sleeves up and just kind of try stuff, which I don't like. I really treat it like you have me for two hours. I'm not going to. So let's do whatever we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and most of them, I kind of know that I, that's all I'm there for. So I'm not trying to like sell them something extra. Yeah. So it's fun. It's, I mean, I think I sold, what did I say? Like 23 last year. It's great. It's pretty good. Um, it's funny in your pocket. And if you don't have all the additional headaches of a bigger project, it's like, that's okay. And they do become a lead source. So, um, my name comes up a lot in Facebook groups. Like I'm in all these mom groups and, um, because I've met with a lot of people in the community just by doing that. Like they're not all going to be clients. I don't want them all to be clients. Like that's too much. So yeah. But if your advice can be helpful for them, that's, that's great. They tell me a lot that like, I get a lot of feedback. They show me, they DM me pictures sometimes, which I think is really awesome. Um, Anyway, like all of that is totally automated, which is the other part of it. So most of the time back when I was doing this, they would book everything online, pay me online. I would have zero manual contact. I would not lift a finger until I looked up their address to drive to their house. But they were getting interactions with me. I look just yeah. to make sure they're not cuckoos. Of or... course, of course. Yeah, you still, I still have to cyber stalk people to be like, okay, what am I getting into? And my husband can see my calendar, so he'll know where I went if I don't show up somewhere. And they fill out like a big questionnaire. <laughs> I learn a lot just from, they, they are completing a longer form questionnaire when they, yes. after they book. So I learn a lot about them. Um, it's not just tire kicking. I think that's what some of this does is it reduces someone who's really not serious because they do have to put in personal information give you a credit card or pay through paypal or it no one who's just like fly by night is going to go normally going to go through all these no they're not like facebook marketplace randos that are still available it's not that kind of 20 messages on offer up type of like no this is real and they also it's really clear like what they're buying just the way i have it set up so like it never runs over everyone's like how much time do i have they're very respectful of my time like well you have to put boundaries up like people will only take advantage of what you let them but you it's also all clear up front so there's none of this like awkward explanations of mm-hmm. hey can I get my check or oh god okay we only have five minutes left like I never right. have to do that I mean maybe people are just really nice here but I mean I've it's been fun I always kind of preface it that we have a limited amount of time and that kind of goes into the consultations which is probably not what we're really achieving during this episode necessarily, but I think it's okay to tell people, this is, we have, you have me for two hours. What do you want to do? And they, they need to know to prioritize. And I have found that particularly with acuity over the last couple of weeks, because of quarantine, I didn't 
used to offer a virtual design consultation, but I do now have it built into my Acuity. Yeah. Okay. And I also activated the book now option on my Instagram. And I, I have had one so far book the whole way through on there. I have had others who said, oh, I looked at it on Instagram, then I went through your site. And I'm like, well, okay, it, you could have just gone the whole way through, but I'll take it. But my acuity is now linked in with my Instagram through the book now button on my profile. So there's, I think just showing that you're available and that you're accessible is helpful. And that's and why some of this helps. I feel yeah. like why I can get my consultation, so many consultations booked without me lifting a finger is because they're getting a lot of information from me in this process. Yep. Like they're getting a full deck. They're getting they get your services, who you are, emails that come in my voice. Like they're not just like robots. Um, so yeah, like they're building trust as well as like my face is all over Instagram Instagram stories, which people can get to know me and know I'm mostly not a psycho. So (laughs) we're all psychos. Yeah. So, but that is just like a strategy. Like, again, I like doing that big volume of consults that aren't going to go anywhere, but it's, it's not like a model for everybody. Yeah. And to clarify I am starting to move back into in-home consultations right now, observing safe social distancing, and I'm still going to be wearing a mask. And I'm asking clients to, I'm asking the consultation clients to do the same. And what I've done is I created like a video introduction where they can see my face. I recorded Mm -hmm. it using Zoom. They can see who I am. I can talk to them. It's not personalized to them. It's written in the voice of I'm talking to the consultation client and kind of just advising them on that. Nearly all of them have seen me on Instagram. They've seen my face. They've heard my voice. They kind of know a little bit more about who I am. My pictures are on my website. They're on my acuity. So I think that helps because they're not just random photos of stuff. It's they're seeing a reminder of who I am. Yeah. And they're not sending money to like the internet hoping that there's a person on the other end that's not going to rip them off and i think that in the client intake process it's important to keep ourselves in front of our clients and remind them and especially now for any of any listeners who are going to still be doing consultations um i i told i'm telling people in that video now because i'm not going to be able to take off my mask when i'm in their home i do let them know and I, it might sound harsh, y'all, but you you got to stand up for yourselves. I'd let them know in the video that if they're uncomfortable wearing a mask, that we, they should reschedule or cancel the appointment. Or if, for example, they decide they don't want to wear it during the appointment and it makes me uncomfortable, that it ends the that I I could end or leave the appointment. And it's not rude. It's just right now we have to really disclose what's going on. I mean, I've got. Healthcare workers. Boundaries. I've got healthcare <laughs> workers good. in my household. It's just as dangerous for them as it is for me right yeah. now. And if we're talking about adapting our business, I I handle more construction involvement than I do furnishing and accessories, which I is neither here nor there. I would love to do an equal amount of both, but 
I, all these other projects I have with construction are still considered essential. And I can't just ditch out on my contractors or my clients who are doing construction. Mm-hmm. And I have to do the same thing in their visits. Well, no, it's good for- that you're doing that video. I think that's awesome that you're being clear up front and um, giving them options. And are I don't touch doing- a bunch of stuff when I'm in their house anyway. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> and if I do, it's not like I'm asking to use their bathroom or it's like two hours, right? So. Anyway, are you doing, I mean, are most of these in-person consultations you're doing now for the sole purpose of being like, they're big, bigger lead generations. Like you're not just doing random like I do. These are all of the ones that I'm working right now or, or going to be going on. They are all part of larger projects. So that's part of my discovery call with them. When I still do mm-hmm. that, like 20 to 30 minute chat is I know going into that consultation appointment that they are looking at doing more, that it's not just a one time that they want to do bigger remodeling, planning, long-term stuff. So I feel like I've got to start those on the right foot instead well, of just, yeah, I'm going to be in and out. it it going into the homes. Um, yeah, yeah. I have not been doing these DIY consultations since the quarantine started. I did start um, doing online virtual consults. On I like Zoom. the virtual ones almost better. Well, I've limited them to an hour because two hours on Zoom is kind of a lot. And sometimes it just gets awkward because there's just people home. That's right. Kids thing. are running so, around. People are all over. Yeah. So um, I limited it to an hour. But just another plug for Acuity. They have it. So there's an integration for Zoom. So if you turn the integration on to that appointment type, it automatically sends the client a Zoom link. So you're not manually doing any of that. Yeah, that's how I set mine. I pretty much followed your lead because you were talking about FaceTime and virtual consultations right as we were starting to move into uh, Safer at Home. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pull the trigger because I've already got Acuity. Let's just add an appointment type for this. And people have been responding. They just, I can send them a link in Zoom chat. I can pull up stuff on my laptop and show them examples right when I'm with them. Um, It kind of makes it faster to communicate ideas when I can pull up better visuals by sharing my screen. Yeah, that is the fun part about it is like I can give them ideas and share the screen instantly. Mm -hmm. So I think it like balances out the cons, which is, getting a lay of the land is harder, like seeing their home and how it flows is a little bit trickier when they don't know how to film it. (laughs) Or I'm like, can you step back 10 feet? Yeah. Or like, wait, where are we in the house? Because they're showing me one thing and I'm like, can you do a turnaround and show me point at what's up where and where everything's going? Because people don't, they don't see, they They know know how it's laid out. Yeah. Yeah, They already know how their house is laid out. So to them, it's intuitive, but that's where an in-person consultation makes it totally different because you don't know until you get in. Yeah, and you can open up doors and like, okay, what's behind this closet? Like, What flows where? How does it go? But What um, wall can we remove? (laughs) Potentially. All of it in intake is Uh, it can be overwhelming and certainly you spend a lot of time and sometimes you could feel like you're spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere. But I think that this is something that it's not, it's not going away in our business. We have to, every business has to qualify clients 
or customers somehow, unless of course you're like a, a restaurant industry or something where it's like, well, you walk in, we're going to give you something. It doesn't matter who you are, but it's the public yeah. in service-based businesses, you, you do have the right client, the ideal client or something. And I think that's part of the way that if anyone else listening is going to create a strategy like this, you need to imagine what your ideal answers are to your intake questions before you write them because then you won't know how to approach these qualification and discovery calls when you have them. So what is the ideal? Are you willing to do one room? Are you willing to do, you know, furnishing only? Are you willing to do remodel and furnishing? If you don't know the answer to some of that, that we talked about in previous episodes of um, if you think about like, does your brand suck? Go back to does your brand suck? in our previous episode and figure out ideal client, ideal project, ideal relationships before you start writing these intake form questions when clients inquire, because you need to know what the quite kind of your right answer will be for those. Right. And it's can be different. Like, and it's also the demand. So like there is a lot of demand in my network and maybe my area for just a lower price point. Like people Mm -hmm. want help, but they can't, or won't afford like the whole thing. So that's where my little DIY consultations have been a really great fit for me. And it works to where I want to do them, where I know that wouldn't be for a couple hundred bucks. Put that in my pocket. I think I made like 20 grand off of it last year. Like it's not nothing. It's not. And I think that's, if we could briefly touch on money, look, all of you have to figure out what works for you, but I mean, legit, you could go to my book now button on Instagram and see what I'm charging for my virtual consult and for my in-home consult. I've had other designers locally say, you should charge more already. I've had some say, oh my gosh, how are you getting that? Honestly, I just own it. I know I'm not the lowest and I know I'm not the highest, but I know that I'm worth every dollar that's on there. And I'm sure that I could start asking for more, but I also know that there's a market that I want to target to get that money into my pocket. And yeah. that's what you I don't want to right sell two a year. Like you're not but, wanting to be high price luxury at that point. Yeah. You're selling but, two, I think, but you don't probably want to sell 500. Yeah. Do you remember recently Emily Henderson in her blog posted about working with interior designers and she mm-hmm. talked a little bit about hourly rates Yeah. It was one of the most controversial, uh, not so much in the post itself, but if you guys go and read the comments, oh my gosh, like people are coming for an industry they don't understand. And there are some really great defenders of designers in there who are not designers. But the point being, look at something like that. Now, granted, it's focused on a very... um, it's looking regionally at some of it. So yes, but you it was should low probably... for the region for LA. I felt like oh. the pricing was low and people were for... still saying I would never spend 75 or $75 an hour. And all the designers and, are like, that is so low. And to that, I would say, I don't know what level or quality and, and that's no shade y'all. If you're out there and you're in greater Los Angeles and you're charging or greater orange County, you're charging $75 an hour. I'm going to question your skill and ability. I, that's just it. You may actually be more skilled and qualified, but if you are charging 
below an average market rate, something's wrong. It's like, why is this car still on the lot type of thought? Like, I'm like, there's something wrong with this lemon. I don't want it. Like, so if I were trying to market myself differently, I would be moving up to a standard market rate, get paid something. I know you guys got, we all got to start somewhere, but you're you're automatically going to enter a level of credibility if that rate is a little bit higher and is on par with some other local designers whose clientele what you would like to have be your clientele you just gotta move in, up to um, that i have a monthly mastermind group and one of the um women was she was going to start selling a new service and but she was a little bit nervous about starting to price it and so one of the other members suggested that she sells three at a price that she's comfortable with because it's low because some of this is okay. about feeling like you're um like building the confidence building confidence but also building the product in a way because you're still kind of like learning on the job right so to sell three at the low price and then go up for the next three and t- and just keep tearing it until you're at market value and you're building confidence and um practicing on those people basically with lower rates so i get it price is hard price can be weird but honestly that's our mental game we're playing with ourselves that's not has nothing to do with the price has nothing to do with the client it has to do with us saying that's what it costs i mean if you walked up to a shelf at the grocery store and the olive oil was like, oh, it might be four dollars or maybe seven. <laughs> I don't know, three, three fifty. Will you buy me if it? You would be like, oh, this is some needy olive oil. Out, bye, gotta go. So we do have you think to- though, like, but devil's advocate. I do think when you're, st- if you've never charged for a consultation before and you're brand new, you might want to just not charge those guinea pigs, like the going. I started with rate. some friends or. F- family friends at a very lower much lower rate as a way to ease in but at that same point I knew that other designers were charging much more so I knew kind of where the trajectory was going and part of it is just saying this is what it costs and I've had people who I've been on discovery calls with and they go oh I didn't imagine that it would be that much, or I didn't realize that. That's okay. You didn't realize it. That's what those calls are for. And if you don't want it, I'm not, I'm not changing the price. That's what it costs. So I think there is some of that confidence building that we have to do with ourselves when we're starting out to say, this is what it costs. And then you know what? Don't, don't, please don't discount that because it looks like you were wrong in the first place. If, if you see that after two or three people, you're just not getting anywhere at that price point, then maybe you consider changing it. Maybe, but my gut is still to say- Or adding value and then adding value at that price and then giving a lower value. Yeah, what can you take away and charge yeah, less? Not value. So you're not giving up all those headaches and everything lower for less money. But yeah, if you say, if, if they go, oh, I don't know. And then you say, well, I could offer you this. Then it sounds like you were never really worth the first price in the, in the beginning. Right. Which is what, okay. So this is why I'm like team automation because. They can't negotiate conf- with it. They can't. <laughs> and it takes my humming and hawing or I don't know. I'm not like insecure about it, but 
it takes any of my like human characteristics out of it. I gotta, like we gotta I get paid y'all. Yeah. Like I write it all in my like best state of mind and I know what I want and what I need. And then it's just a widget that they can take or leave. Totally. I would, do you feel this way? You would rather, how do I say this? You would rather like be at home or do your thing or behind the scenes stuff or work, do something with Cecily or your husband, than go to an appointment where they didn't pay you properly. Yeah. Cause you're or, already like, pissed why do you care? And yeah. And that's why I stopped offering. I, I, I liked acuity because it limits my availability. So I'm no longer taking appointments on days and times that I don't want. I don't do consultations, one of in-home consultations. I don't do them before 10 a.m. or after 3 p.m. Yeah. That's I don't want to be in Los Angeles driving around. Well, right now it's not as bad because every half half of the world is living at home and working at home. But I don't want to be on the road at four o'clock, 20 miles from my house. That's going to take me an hour to two hours, depending on where I'm at. That's not fun for me. So now I'm no longer resentful because I'm driving between 10 a.m. and like 3 p.m. only. Does security let you do like location? I don't know. Does it let you do location limitations? Probably it, doesn't. It doesn't. But I preface that that in my, another thing about acuity, you guys, I know this isn't an acuity episode and we're not being sponsored by them but we are taking sponsorship opportunities so acuity if you're listening and you would like to help me pay my bills while we're in lockdown i would really love to hear from you um hot young designers club at gmail.com thanks um so (laughs) what i like is that i have an agreement form that's built into their appointment when they go to book it and it talks about details and it does have a disclosure that's in there that's limited to a a radius so if they do book it and then i see the address and i'm like holy moly they're like going to south orange county yeah they're way at the edge of the county i i will then or have the ability to then give them the refund or if i feel like it could be a really cool project and i just want to charge more for that consultation because of the travel then i could reach out to them personally and handle it um, I don't think that's going to happen because for real, I don't want to be doing site visits and driving round trip six hours or something like that. But if we had one in my hometown, what's that? You had one in my hometown. Yeah. And that actually wasn't too far into Orange County for me. Like I, I like kind of broke my guides on that. Cause I was like, I talked to them in a discovery call and I had a good normally, ref- referral too. Yeah. yeah, a really good referral from a landscape designer who's a friend of mine, and he referred this this family. And I normally would not have gone to them on a weekend for like a one in home consult, but I really liked them, and I really had a great a really great meeting with them too. So I'm glad that I did make an exception to do a Saturday consultation with them. But that's what I like about it is they weren't seeing the availability and acuity. They emailed me and said, do you ever do this? And I replied with a window that would work for me. Yeah. Not, not just saying, oh, I don't do them. It was like, I have the option to say I don't do them. I could say I'm sorry and then push them back if I don't really like it. And th- it does kind of add a little barrier. It's nice. Yeah. And it's it, 
like you can, I have mine set so I won't accept any appointments within 18 or 24 hours. They can't they reschedule can't 24 hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's got a lot. Oh, and you can do gift certificates, which I've done. So you can, yeah, they can have get like people, a code. They get a promo code. Um, there's a lot. And it syncs. We didn't say this in the beginning. I guess we should just talk all about it. Syncs, syncs with our Gmail. It syncs with your personal calendars. So I know some other um, platforms I was looking at would only sync with one calendar. And I have yeah. like five email addresses. So I like to change, put them all, all my different types of appointments on different calendars. So it syncs with all of them. So if you like your personal calendar and your work calendar, yeah, if I have a dentist appointment, it it's and... not going to give me an appointment that day or within yes. two hours of that appointment. Yeah. I, the inquiry process I know is like, this is just, it's a lot. And what I found is that it's freed up my time to be available for other things, for more spontaneous meetings that come up on other projects I'm working on. Um, I can time block things into my calendar and Acuity picks up on those time blocks or conflicts for me. So it just makes it that much easier to manage. And Actually, I don't, I don't stress out about it as much as I did in the beginning when I was trying to juggle all of it manually. Yes. And another aspect that is not everybody's problem, but I am a four tendency on the four tendency scale. I am a rebel personality. Mm -hmm. So I really don't like expectations sprung on me, <laughs> which is really a problem to have when you are running a service-based business. Nobody can convince you to do it if you don't want to do it. Right. And I get kind of like teenagery annoyed when I need to respond to emails when I don't feel like it or uh -huh. I'm not in that mode. <laughs> if I'm in a creative mode, I don't want to be in email admin mode. But that's obviously not the way to run a business, and I don't. <laughs> but I'm so this like sometimes. forces it. Well, it doesn't for me, so it takes my issues out of the um, equation. Like people can get their answers automatically from me without me having to feel like it. Because I don't, I guess part of it is I'm not attached to this person yet because I haven't met them. I'm yeah. not like that with my clients, but because they're already like part of my world. But when it's a stranger from the internet who wants information from me, I don't feel compelled to give it to them at the moment they want it. Yes. Does that make sense? So this. Yes. You need, there's no conviction behind it yet because you're like, well, I don't, you're no one still. But they're doing the right thing. They're asking for information from me. I mean, I relate to what you're saying. It's my problem. It's my problem, one hundred percent. So this just takes me out of the equation and my weird tendencies, and it just happens for me. So that by the time they, I answer questions. Like if they have something that's offline or they have a question, of course I answer them, or they'll book a call with me, and that's yeah. fine that's also put on my calendar and I know I have a call I don't yeah. like flake out on people but um yeah so but for the most part like it's all just seamless and then by the time 
you know, it's done. I'm just going to their house. It just makes it that much easier. And this is one of the most stressful parts because it's also so repetitive because it's yeah, the it's same boring. questions, like, the same ideas, the same, like, this isn't where we shine as designers. This isn't where we do our best work. I know mm-hmm. from other designers that they, no, they might ask um, assistants um, or interns. It, I would say probably not most interns, but if you've got a particularly skilled one, maybe. Because um, I also want to keep in mind that I, it's just me. I like still being the one to be the first touch point because it is my business. And even if I were to have help, I feel like I would probably want an assistant or someone to still look over it, but I'm going to be the one making the call or I'm going to be the one putting myself out there. For now, other designers have a junior designer or someone on their team call prospective clients, but the designer still goes to the consult. It, I know it could work differently for everyone. Um, could you imagine having someone from your team being the contact before a consultation or do you think you'd rather still do that? Oh, I could definitely um, hand that off if and when I felt really comfortable that they knew exactly, they would answer the way I would answer. Yeah, they have to know your whole business to be able to answer the questions that come up. Exactly, so we're not there yet, but, um, and one of the other things I'm adding to my repertoire is a really strong FAQ on my website. I need that. I I do too. I've started, (laughs) but I think like literally almost all of the 10 minute phone chats that I have are the Mm -hmm. same questions. So yes, I mean, as a consumer, I love an FAQ and I feel like you can get some personality in there as well. And it's like the basics I, that you're always going to get asked are, how do you price projects? What happens next? What does this look like? And truly, you could do that just by, like you're saying, writing down every time you're on a call, what are the things they're talking about that I need to add into my list? Like, if you answered it more than twice, it needs to probably go Or you can plant things that they wouldn't know to ask, like, why do we have to have a receiver? <laughs> or why is freight right. so expensive? Like, oh, shit, we're going to have to pay for that? Like, you can yes. kind of, like, plant some future seeds of understanding that they're going to need to know what's involved. Yeah, I... I kind of guide their knowledge. You want to like head things off at the past, take that like preventive. What are your your favorite types of chocolate? Like (laughs) I can just let them know. I'm just kidding. I just let them know. I prefer 90% 90 cacao. and (laughs) (laughs) 90%? I like it bitter and dark, just like my attitude. (laughs) Um, No, I think that it's wise to do things like that. And in fact, when I, it was like a game in my previous career, when I worked in a training environment, we would do courses or or certain classes that you would pay, you really were encouraged to pay attention to where questions came up because it might not, it, it may not be the way that we present it. It may be that the information is confusing. So we were constantly being encouraged from a 
from a communications point of view of realizing where stuff wasn't clicking with most people. And the same thing happens in our industry of like, oh, they don't get this. They don't know this. I, I get it, but they don't. And I need to do a better job of cleaning that up and making the language easier to understand or changing my verbiage, not using shop top, shop talk or, you know, jargon to right. make it easier for people to understand. And I think I would use that signal of, oh my God, I've heard this question like two or three times. I need to do something about that. And it just will make your life easier. Yeah. And trying like one of the things, one of the first questions I'll have is why do you, why don't you offer free consultations? And you can then explain what's all involved in a consultation and what goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's like trying to guess when people are you know, opting out of your website and what is stopping them from taking that next step. Yeah. And that's a whole other question of conversion ratios, how many people visit, but don't put in a form. Um, And I think that's part of the numbers game of not everyone who's interested in design will be interested in hiring you to design. And that's okay. Like, it, it just also may could not be, be just right. they're not getting all the information from your website, but another website does give them information. Ain't that the And truth. if you're just shopping around, you're like, oh, well, I figured this out. It's 11 o'clock at night. I got all my answers. I'm just going to push by instead it's, of that, waiting till the next day, ask, seeing if I can get on a call, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think that's part of what has pushed me to... I'm not, again, I said I'm not there yet, but it's on its way. I'm working with my web development team to make a little bit more clear on my website about my services and the ability to access the appointments directly without having to go there. They're still going to have to put in a contact form. They're still going to have to enter information, but they're going to be able to see the appointments that would start the payment process and go, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm not, I'm not at that level yet. And I, I go back and forth. I don't want to release project-related quotes on my site, but I do think that they should be able to understand average what yeah, to expect to pay. Yeah, let's go into this because you and I have had debates, and I don't think there's a right or a wrong way about putting pricing on your website. Okay. I don't, I don't have it on my website unless they access the book now options where they could then see the consultation costs for in-person or virtual, but it doesn't show what a project costs. And there's no minimums anywhere. Like you don't have any numbers on your site. I don't, I don't mention them until there's a follow-up that comes to my discovery call, which usually during the discovery call, I will also talk about it. If, if I'm getting a decent idea for their project size, I already have in my mind how much something like that is going to cost. So I could tell them, Clients who have done similar projects have spent XYZ in design fees or XYZ in construction costs and XYZ in furnishing costs. And that's, I'm, I don't know that I have a hang up about putting it on the website, but I also feel like some people hear a number, but then when you break it down, like when I've broken things down like that on a call, then they go, oh, that kind of makes more sense. Cause then, you know, they hear, oh, an average furnishing budget. Let's divide that up into a sofa and chairs and a rug and this. Right. And then they're like, well, that's, those are all reasonable numbers. And then I break down 
I'm going to be on your project for three months. It's going to be approximately this many hours. It's this much. So once they kind of see where it all breaks down, I've never had someone look at my proposal and go, oh my gosh, you're putting aside that much time for vendor communication? That sounds ridiculous. Like, they're all reasonable amounts of time to spend on the size of a project when people see them broken down and, and we'll go into proposals in a future, a future process party. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I as know. far as numbers on the website, like I've gone back and forth. I've tried it a few ways right now. My strategy. Okay. <laughs> don't look at my website right now. Cause it's not, I know sad. you guys, Rebecca has been really working hard on, relaunching the new branding and set up on her website and the visuals are fantastic and she's been very open that not everything is loaded yet so don't freak out not everything is loaded yet so the goal on my website is going to be and has been in the past to get people to fill out my contact form when they fill out my contact form like i mentioned before like all those workflows are triggered yeah so and i also capture their email so once I capture their email, then I can communicate with them again, whether it's follow-up workflows, which I have semi-automated in Dipsado, or okay. just when I get my newsletter game <laughs> situated, they can That's hear from me occasionally. <laughs> yeah, and then I have their ear to communicate future promotions or just future reminders, whatever. But if they look at my, if they looked at my site and saw a price they didn't like and wasn't backed up, like Sean, you're saying you do in your calls, yeah, you don't. They've disappeared, and you've never actually even talked to them, and you have no way of talking to them again. Right. So if you capture them into your, if you at least get their email, then you have an opportunity to talk to them again. So yes. right now, yeah, if somebody saw instantly that my consultations were 350 and they're like, oh, that's too much for two hours. Well, A, that's probably vetted them. But it could be someone who just doesn't get what's involved and a little bit of future conversation might help them understand. I, I agree with that. I think it's just... I I hear I know we're, there's probably going to be like hate listeners for this, but I get it. I know there's a school of thought about those of you that are putting all of the information up front. I hear it. I understand it. I get the value. And this is truly one of those things where we all can do it the way we want and the way that we see it effectively working. And just because we're doing it our way right now doesn't mean that we won't change it based on our business needs in the future. Right. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I think it just for me right now doesn't doesn't seem to fit. And I think this is not one of those where you're going to find it's a right or a wrong to do it. It's really going to be about what feels right for you guys. And I should also say once they fill out that form, did I mention this? When the work one of the workflow triggers is the email, but it includes a PDF guide that has all of my services and starting prices on there and tons of interactive PDF book now links to Acuity. And the nice thing for me about that PDF is it's a lot easier for me to constantly update. 
And oh yeah, because you could just change the website. file that links to it. So I just change the file that links to it, re-upload it to Dubsado, and I'm constantly <laughs> tweaking on what is in that document. Yeah. Which reminds me, I do need to update it. <laughs> I mean, that's what, write yourself a to-do list. This is what we're hoping you guys are thinking of. of <sighs> if you've been putting off checking out Dubsado or checking out Acuity, I don't, I mean, look, if I find a new software that's even more robust and does more, I'll try that. But for me, it was about just ripping off the Band-Aid and getting started with something to make my life easier. Yes, some of them cost money. Yes, it's going to take time to set up. That's true of everything. You're already spending time doing something different. Or you're already spending so much time that it's potentially costing you money that could be spent at other meetings or appointments, making you billable hours. So why not take some of that to make it easier or and more efficient? if you have efficient? an assistant, you're, I'm sure, paying them more than $15 a month. <laughs> like, yes. Acuity is taking the work of an assistant, like a lot yes. of and you, So you can get them doing other things. Yes. Get them doing stuff that makes billable time out to you that you can walk away with. Don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't see any reason not not to make improvements as we go. You've got to do it, guys. Yep. Get so, them to set up your acuity. Do it. It's, um, this is all just around intake. And by no means are we done with the process party because after this, we can dive into other, other sessions that talk about more of the process. But I think this is a good place for us to like, breathe through it let you guys digest and adapt to some things and look so at you don't have to further. go home but you can't stay here this <laughs> yeah this party the music is turning off yeah the process party is uh, lights are coming is, on there is no after party you should not be here anymore um <laughs> <laughs> we're flashing the lights to go home you're realizing that all your friends lights are turned way all off. your friends are trash and you're the only one who's able to drive everyone home right now um, so you got to take everyone to get street tacos and get out of here. Um, I think this is a good place though. You guys, we want to be giving you guys all of the content, all of the advice that you need, and we could really use your help to help us be better. We'd love to see you over at our website, the hotyoungdesignersclub.com and sign up for our newsletter so we can keep you up to date on news and exclusive tips and hints. One of the tricky things about a podcast that we're discovering is that we don't get immediate feedback. Like we put this out into the ether and then we hope people are listening. So we would love to hear more from you. Um, questions, you can email us at hotyoungdesignersclub hot young at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram. If there's stuff you like, tell us you like that so we'll do more of it. If you're like, hey, this segment like freaking sucked booty, like it's time to tell us. Like we want to know. It doesn't yeah, do mean we we're going to get more? rid of it, but. <laughs> do we have more interviews? Do we have less? Do you like the mix? We want to know. And, and you can put that, you totally, if, if you're afraid, like, oh my God, they're going to see it in, in an email and then they're going to know who I am and they're going to hate me. Probably not. Just, I'm not saying, I'm not guaranteeing it, but maybe 
But if you don't feel right, go on to Apple Podcasts or if you're listening on Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast, rate, review, let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Tell us why. It's okay to put it there. I have seen some weird names show up in the reviews and I have no way of knowing who the heck put them in there. So we'd love to get your thoughts. Fully anonymized. Anonymized? (laughs) Anonymized? Um. And yeah, the reason why podcasters always ask for a rate and review is because it helps other um, folks find us. So it's just kind of like one of those algorithms. The more people that review, the more podcasts um, platforms will show us in searches. So, And thank you all so much because the, the response, the feedback we have been getting has been really encouraging and we're happy to be helping so many of you and have you in our hot young designers club and i've been hearing from some people who aren't designers i forgot to tell you this but they're still finding value in it which i think is awesome this is like everybody join the join the club like process party might get a little much for you non-designers but i would love to hear if there's still things that translate i'm sure there's things that translate to especially service-based businesses yeah totally there's this could work and acuity isn't just serving designers so i know that there's help out there for um other industries and other professionals who are doing it so guys we can do it thank you so much everyone who's been so awesome listening and sharing us we love it thanks guys best quarantine idea we've ever had Well, quarantine's not done yet, apparently, for those of us in California. So we might have a few more bad ideas coming at you at our next meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club, guys. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye, Sean. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. Um, oh my god, you know what I love the most about this coffee cup mug thing? What? It's called the warm warm cup. <laughs> the warm warm? Warm warm. Warm warm? That's cute. <laughs> it's a weird name, but it's cute. We're launching a new segment too. Too legit to quit. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Too legit to quit. <laughs> too legit to quit. Okay.